0: This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from dastardly devices
1: to wondrous weapons, and today we're joined by a special guest, Derek Saunders.
3: Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Derek. I am the host of the How Not to DM podcast, and I'm super excited to be on with Will and Brian today talking about all sorts of amazing magical items, except for we're not talking about that, but we'll get to that later. What are we are we talking about? right today we are talking about drum roll pit fiends all right
1: Hey Brian. hey William how you doing today Good how are you I'm doing pretty good Hey Derek hi Derek
3: Hey what's up will what's up Brian how you doing good We're man. doing pretty good how it's are you great doing to have man. you on <laughs> Ed, it's good to be here. I, uh, I just was listening to uh, the first episode of your new season out while I was shoveling the walk. I was shoveling about nine inches of snow, so I did the oh math. Boy. That's about oh 28 boy. centimeters, uh, and then it's about 28 degrees Fahrenheit here where I live, <laughs> and that's negative two centigrade for you centigrade people out there so i'm sorry i'm taking your job today brian that's okay <laughs> that's uh it's it's will's will's job
0: i just say it he does the math
3: part, yeah that's so. true that is very true
0: <laughs> i don't i definitely don't mind what would you say it's probably <laughs> like, now i know how the sausage is made Full, yeah
3: the immersion is broken <laughs>
0: dang, dang. Dang. the less you know about how a sausage is made the better it, 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 it's in, it's in ratio with like how much you enjoy it you know yeah, you probably should know less I would say about it's, it we're in the
1: what mid 50s here now yeah, so we, we're we're averaging considerably warmer 20, than where 15, you're 60. at. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, um, L. A. You know, year round is going to be a bit nicer than here, probably.
1: Yeah, it's it's not too shabby. But speaking of warmer climates, let's go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: so let's do it. so last year, down.
1: so last year we did not get to cover all the fiends that I wanted to cover. It turns out that there are a lot of fiends, and then with the one D and D episodes coming up at the end of the year, some fiendish topics had to get pushed back. Mm-hmm. But they have not been forgotten. It is time to talk about one of the big dogs of hell. This is literally as big and powerful as a devil can get without being a duke or an archduke. And in some cases, some pit fiends have even held the station of archdukes without actually ascending to a unique form. Angels fear them. Demon lords respect them. Ancient dragons think twice before starting a fight. And every devil in hell wants to be them. It's time to talk about pit fiends. Every regular devil. Yeah, every uh, every lower <laughs> devil wants to be them. Obviously, so, Asmodeus does not want to be a pit fiend.
0: If the nine hells is a foot, then these are the toes, the big dogs. Yeah. Letting them out,
1: letting <laughs> Here them out. There we go. These are the toes. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, um, pit fiends are the quintessential tyrants and overlords of devilkind, occupying the top of hell's hierarchy. Having been cleansed with the pit of flame, pit fiends have achieved levels of wickedness beyond that of ordinary devils, becoming beings of pure, unimaginable evil. And here's a quote from the mortal mage Nomoto Sin. Their might is incalculable. Their desires are beyond comprehension, and their appetites defy all understanding. Raised from the shrieking agonies of the pit of flame, they understand pain and suffering like no others. Right. So so if (laughs) I
0: remember correctly... The ice devils get chucked into this pit of flame yep. for a thousand, yes. a thousand and one days. A thousand and one days. Yeah, you got and it. And then they become the the pit fiend. Yes. After if not they making survive. a mistake for like what seven seven hundred
1: and seventy seven years without a single okay. mistake. Not seven thousand <laughs> seven hundred. Okay, that's not so bad. I guess. Uh, <laughs> there's there's also uh, another type of devil that makes this transformation, and that's the Aranese. The oh, Aranese yeah. kind of right. exist in their in their own separate hierarchy but they have the privilege of being able to make this transformation if it's offered to them.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Derek, what's
3: your experience with pit fiends like a, on a like So, uh I was planning on using some in my latest campaign that just wrapped up a few months ago. Uh, but my players decided to stop making deals with an arch devil. I was mm. sending their way a few times. Nice. And so I didn't have to take retribution <laughs> and, you know, you know, bring hellfire down. On right. Them. Uh, so I was planning on it. I had a bunch of ideas about using pit fiends, but I have never actually run one or encountered one myself.
0: Cool. You got close though. It's, that's closer than me. Close. Very close. Yeah, the, the, your adventurers they, they got to the book that, that, the page in the book that was going to send them to the yeti where they die, and they just didn't. They didn't. They didn't choose that path. That's
1: good. So pit, yeah. pit fiends are both majestic and horrifying, with a hulking twelve foot tall or oh, three point seven meter humanoid forms weighing eight hundred pounds. That's three hundred and sixty kilograms, folks. <laughs> their bodies are armored with scales and quickly alight a fire or quickly light a fire in response to their rage or excitement. They have a pair of massive bat like wings that give them a gargoyleish appearance, often wrapping their wings around their fearsome red figures like a cloak. Their fanged maws drip with hissing green venom that can lay the mightiest mortal creatures low, and their prehensile tails can be cr- cracked like whips. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, Pit form the terrifying nobility of the Nine Hells and stand undisputed as the greatest of the non-unique devils. They are the elite overseers of practically all other devils and experts in fostering terror in both mortals and devils alike. Uh, the Pit Fiends have proven themselves to have the subtlety and brutality to eliminate pretenders to their thrones. Despite all this, the prestigious rank of Pitfiend is still highly dangerous, as Pit Fiends must navigate hell's convoluted rules and treacherous political landscapes while still contending with the heavy responsibilities that come with their station as the servitors of Beator's true masters.
0: Okay, you mentioned non non unique devils. Yes. So they all look the same.
1: I mean, they look like the same species. They're not actually identical, and that is going to come up okay. later. Believe it or not, that very specific uh, subject will come up at the end of this episode.
0: Okay, so that's Jimmy with the
1: neck wart. Yeah, exactly, yes. And that's Todd with the
0: the extra big feet. Yeah, exactly. Okay, sick. Yep, yep, that's Todd. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> so they're, dis- they're distinguishable. They so are
1: distinguishable are, from each other, but they're all blatantly of the same quote-unquote species.
0: So when they get put in the fire, and they evolve, and they become... Yeah, the species, but they...
3: It's they... just
1: like Pokemon. All Charizard mostly look the, the same, but there's slight differences. Yeah, like Ash's Charizard is like a tiny Bigger, little... Bigger, smaller,
3: different stats. Exactly. Cool. exactly different right. stats? Yeah. yeah,
1: they definitely have different IVs. That's without I mean, a doubt. I Charizard would have different <laughs> stats. Oh,
3: yes, yeah. yes, so you're right. Just a Pokemon joke. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> I thought we good. were talking about I, stat that, uh, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, like, it's D&D, it's D D, right? You could yeah. make your stat block whatever the heck you want it to Absolutely. be. Absolutely. But uh, I think it's interesting that it talks about, like, having to deal with all of the rules and stuff um i don't remember where i saw this but someone made the point that like devils are basically the worst kind of rules lawyer ever like everyone's looking out like for a way to nitpick and like correct somebody else for breaking the rules and then you get sent back another rung you know like Mm -hmm. what a what a place to be yeah i can't i can't imagine it's very it's the
1: definition of a toxic environment for sure everyone's trying to have the (laughs) gotcha moment with everyone else um
3: yeah gotcha exactly everyone's just waiting it's
1: very true So pit are made from worthy ice devils or Aranese who are subjected to the devil scorching hellfire from the pit of flame for a thousand one days. Good job, Brian. Thanks. After rising from the pit Good that time. After rising from the pit of flame. Yeah, uh, the new, uh, Go ahead. Nice. No, it's a great. Okay. After rising from the pit of flame. I was saying he did. <laughs> we got a delay, guys. We got a delay. It's all good. I'm going to start reading now. (laughs) After rising from the pit of flame, the newly created pit fiends gain a perfect understanding of their natures as devils. So it's like a weird form of enlightenment that they reach. Yeah. Um, It's an evil enlightenment, but it's enlightenment. Yeah,
0: just feeling 1,001 days of pain is a way to like up your mind game, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Their spirits are completely purged of impurity, for they have willfully chosen to reject chaos in its entirety. Um, they are both self-entitled narcissists and tyra- tyrannical masterminds that scheme to bring their dark agendas to fruition and ruthlessly pursue their inscrutable desires. Within the depths of their enigmatic mind or minds is a vast manipulative intelligence and a unique understanding of agony. Oh, man. So after the Ice Devils you
0: and maybe the Ironese, you have a bunch of devils that are mostly just, like, fucking up all the time or, like, leaning towards chaos. Like, probably not chaotic, but, like maybe not
1: following rules to the t i think i think what it's saying here is like obviously the devils are lawful inherently there are some that go rogue but for the most part sure. like the entire plane of existence is lawful and when they go through this transformation though they ascend from just like being lawful in nature to being at one with lawfulness super lawful yeah they're they're super lawful and it kind of makes sense because like if there wasn't some sort of supernatural I don't know what you would call it, like laws of reality in place for a lot of these entities. Like, I I don't think the lawfulness of hell would stand up. Like, I feel like there's something, there has to be something making these entities be lawful because like the temptation of doing chaotic things to get the upper hand, I think would be too strong. So, Right, right. It's just a thought.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I I think it'd be funny to run some kind of encounter or include it in, in your game where the party recognizes that a pit fiend has done something that is not lawful, like broken some dumb little rule. Mm-hmm. And then they get them brought down a rung or, or so, I don't oh, know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like it'd I be love a that. really funny plot point to like say, ah, ah you, you like <laughs> broke this one rule subsection a of this, like, you know, whatever clause. And uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be pretty funny. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. How do you guys like to handle that? Like, uh, you know, are you
0: most DMs I imagine didn't write all the laws of this layer of hell down, you know what right, I mean? Like right. when you when your players are looking to like circumvent some sort of contract or something, how do you guys go about making that work for the team
1: in a cohesive story like narrative way? I think the way I would handle it? That's a good question. Yeah, I think the way that I would handle it is Obviously, if, if this is what you're trying to pull off as a DM, you've put your players in a position where they need to undermine this pit fiend. Or maybe one of your players just had the idea and now you use the DMF to prepare it. Well, then it's like, okay, maybe put them in a position where they ha- get uh, access to like this ancient library or like this, this great source of information. And they start trying to just go through the history of what this pit fiend's been up to for the last 1,000 years. And then maybe with some checks and some rolls and, you know some uh some some dialogue we can be like hey actually 500 years ago they did x you know to devil a when in fact they they completely bypassed their boss's permission and they weren't allowed to do that they they reached beyond their jurisdiction and and it could be like that
3: and it got past hell's auditors exactly
1: notice exactly that's cool that's actually pretty cool that's probably what i would do making up on the spot
0: like you have to go find some ancient librarian that's like i have the secret log this forgotten information
3: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, exactly mm-hmm. Ooh, get to another or bribe. you
3: write up a crazy contract and then like you purposefully break a little part of the contract while you're role playing while you're playing mm. and see if they notice or yeah like, I like that, too. that that yeah. might be a little too like specific but
0: that's cool yeah. though I like the kind of like oh here's your first opportunity along the way yeah. like maybe
1: you'll get it maybe you won't Yeah, and then depending on like yeah. the type of game you're running like if it's more serious the law that was broken could be like you know something more believable but you know or if you're a dungeon cast member you'd be like yeah Jeff brought cupcakes to the office and he didn't bring enough for everybody and now he can't be a pit fiend anymore <laughs> yeah they got they got a rule about that for sure exactly for sure
3: back to Levistas with Yee <laughs> alright so with, with a, ascension day cupcakes after, your 1001 day <laughs> ascension <laughs> day cupcakes <laughs> Damn. like the very first
0: thing you try to do as a pit fiend you, you get, fuck up yeah that's hilarious
1: alright with an inflated sense of superiority uh, and entitlement pit fiends form a grotesque aristocracy in the infernal realm these domineering and manipulative of tyrants conspire to eliminate anything that stands between them and their desires, even as they negotiate the convoluted and dangerous politics of the Nine Hells. There is, however, another way pit fiends are born into the world. Asmodeus, the Lord of the Nine Hells, still suffers from the grievous wounds That's in his right. chest inflicted upon him when he was cast from the heavens and crashed into the realm of Beator. From this wound, Asmodeus constantly bleeds, and each drop of his blood becomes a greater devil, most often a pit fiend. Such beings are uh, imparted with a fanatical loyalty towards their creator, and pit created this way can themselves spawn lesser devils, normally bearded devils, by shedding blood. Through this bloodletting process, Asmodeus fills his lair of hell with endless hordes of pit fiends, extremely loyal to himself. That's crazy. He's like crowd surfing <laughs> on them. Just this <laughs> yeah.
3: huge bloodletting ceremony, and like every drop of blood creates something new that's loyal to him. That's yeah. insane. It's pretty. It's pretty badass. <laughs> it's like a pyramid scheme. Hey, seriously. Well, I think
0: Asmodeus probably has like heavier bleeding days and like lighter bleeding days. Yeah, definitely. And you know, he'll like hold up in his his lair. Just like bleeding out for like a whole day or something like oh that. Oh god,
3: I can't do it today.
0: I always forget about the like. Uh, you reminded me right now. You have my... to have the
3: doors open though, otherwise it would just like fill up like. That's, a That's yeah, absolutely. Oh. He can't a hold pit up. Pit fiend pit. That's a good point. <laughs> That'd be a disaster. He
0: makes so many. He gets like crushed against the walls. <laughs> oh, the pit god. fiends have to like yes. shank each other to like clear the room. No, but the, <laughs> like if they're if they shank each other, then they'll bleed and create lesser room. <laughs> yeah, the first one. More. I'll, I'll yeah. take care of this boss. Shank, shank, shank. And now there's a bunch of dudes with beards. In here, asking about IPAs,
3: <laughs> we can say that because we have beards, yeah, it's right? yeah, true. We all, we're all bearding yeah. right now.
1: So, <laughs> even outside of hell, the reputation of the pit fiends carries as they lead dozens of devastating armies against demon kind. The dread that their legions inspire in mortals is enough to make most flee for days on end to escape them on mere sight. Um. And more than just extremely powerful combatants, pit fiends are not above acts of corruption and often use their guile and hyper intelligence to entice mortals with Faustian bargains. Mm. Uh, pit fiends are often too busy with their personal plots and numerous duties, duties to be bothered with mortal adventurers, only intervening in affairs when their plans are seriously jeopardized
3: or if they're at the cusp of victory. So, The only bi- hmm. that, that's That doesn't make sense to me um because it just said that they were purged of all chaos and then it's like oh but also they can be bribed you know like then, well, then they're not No no it's, its not corruption. that they can it's be bribed
1: it's not that they can be bribed it's that they are more than just powerhouses they they have guile and hyperintelligence and can can outsmart like their enemies and obviously talk people into selling their souls um I think, yeah, that's that's what I got out of it.
0: They have the oh acts of
3: corruption, not being corrupt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yeah. Like they're
0: gonna step in and do some like oh look, some mortals. They have their own agency, right? And Mm -hmm. they're like geared towards you know cutting. They're ambitious still, right? So Mm -hmm. they want to become archdukes, right? That's That's exactly right. Yeah, the the goal. So they want to get contracts with mortals and souls. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. got to be something they they're yep. into. It's it's part of the job. They might go to <laughs> eugoliths and like try to get something done under the under the, you know, under the table or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: The only beings that all pit fiends are subservient to are the dukes, duchesses and archdevils of hell, uh, fulfilling their wills and sometimes serving as seneschals or counselors. Uh, every pit fiend acts as a vassal for an archduke and controls a large domain within their lands, whether in the form of f- a fortress commander, city governor, or general of a legion. As personal as his personal servants, Asmodeus is the only archdevil that possesses a, uh, a retinae of over 12 pit fiends. Um, see, now, that's not true. Like, that isn't right. true. Well, why is it here? He's Be- leading because he's bleeding Because it's what was said. Well, well no, it- not just that. Um... So we just did, uh, what's his face, Mephisto, Mephistopheles. Yeah. And we talked about how he has an entire, I think it was 28 pit fiends under his command, even though they're kind of rebellious against him. Okay. Uh, it's Well, I guess they're not pr- his personal retinue, But, I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like we're, we're. what's the word I'm looking for? We're, uh, um, gosh, I can't think of the, the saying of. I don't have enough context. Will please? Yeah, it's just like we're uh, we're nitpicking here. Oh, yeah, I we're see. nitpicking here. It's like Mef- uh, Mephistopheles has twenty eight of these guys. Like saying that Asmodeus is the only Archdevil with twelve of these guys doesn't make any sense. I mean, maybe he just needs twelve, and mm-hmm. they're they're ranked right. Like we were talking about. Like, they Charizards. do have rankings. Yeah. So they, these, yeah. Ma- these are the biggest, baddest mm-hmm. pit fiends. I think the point here is that like he's the only one w- that has twelve pit fiends as his personal servants.
0: Yeah, his maybe his, that's what it's trying to say. His, uh, secret service Instead bodyguard of under his command. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, right. so there might be twenty eight over. They all got earpieces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're wearing suits. They're a secret service, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh,
3: so <laughs> th- their wings look like suits. They there we like go. I like that. Drape there we go. Yeah. yeah, that's
1: actually kind of cool. So, when within (laughs) Beator, they are always in uh, positions of power, commanding legions of lesser devils, judging mortals and controlling territory, rarely found without an entourage of slaves and weaker devils nearby. Um, Only the greatest pit fiends are promoted beyond the ranks of normal devils. Uh, The chosen few that are transformed by an archduke into a duke uh, each gain a unique form of devil with its own special abilities. So... Hmm. Fearless in battle, a pit fiend takes on the most powerful foes in single combat, demonstrating its supremacy and arrogance that prevents it from acknowledging any chance of defeat. Every part of a pit fiend can be used as a weapon. Their fearsome claws, their powerful wings, constricting tails and menacing maws. The bite of a pit fiend is both venomous and infectious, inflicting a wicked disease known as devil chills and (laughs) filling the victim with vile poisons. The combined effect drains the victim's vitality and strength, rendering them powerless against the brutality of a pit fiend. You trip too hard on Lawful and you get devil chills. (laughs) I like that. They can envelop themselves in an aura of sheer terror. They can ignite their own bodies to burn anyone too close. Their skill armor and regenerative abilities make them uh, incredibly durable. And good aligned spells and weapons or silvered weapons are the most effective means of stopping their natural healing. Um, The magical abilities of the pit fiends are largely based around their ability to create and manipulate flames, often with truly devastating force. Their magic also allows them to paralyze powerful beings, turn themselves invisible, and use a symbol of pain to cripple their enemies. They can easily gate in devils from all ranks, from the lowliest lemurs to fellow pit fiends, although the more powerful the type of devil, the fewer they can call on. Pit fiends can surpass their already mountainous power by training, and those that choose to learn magic can truly... uh, can be truly devastating forces of destruction. Not only do Pit Fiends mages often specialize in evocation magic, but the only limit to their magical power and expertise is time, a particularly frightening notion given their immortality. But while their monstrous forms and array of magical abilities make them formidable foes, the greatest weapon in their arsenal of a Pit Fiend is potentially their minds. Through ingenious planning, fearsome guile, and creative tactics, Pit Fiends can win battles even without their power and magic. Okay, is there like a training ground these guys
0: go to? Like it could be. <laughs> are they are they cool to go do that? Like they they seem like the
1: kind of creatures that have duties. Yeah, no, you raise a good point. I think this is why most pit fiends that you come across don't have spell casting because it's hard to find the time. <laughs> I can't go
0: train. I want to go train so bad, yeah. but asthma won't let me go.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: so there's no gym. I'm busy being the governor of this city, right? Exactly. Fair like, enough. You're, you're
1: yeah, you got duties. Um, are rarest on the upper levels of, with the exception of Avernus, which is like the front line of the war in a way, particularly, uh, they avoid the colder layers of hell and can be found in great quant- quantities in Nessus, uh, of course, cause he's always bleeding them out down mm-hmm. there. Originally the dark eight, oh, did I cut ahead here? But yeah, I yeah, did. by I one. Did. Okay, there we go. The Dark Eight. Let's talk about them. So, the Dark Eight is a coven of Pit oh. Fiend generals who reside in Nessus, the ninth layer of the Nine Hells, and they plot and strategize the movement of Hell's armies. And like they these- also
0: want to kill Spider Man. <laughs> mm. <laughs>
1: these these guys are are directly in charge of the war. Like they manage the war on the day to day basis. Oh shit! Um, okay, so they're they're in charge of everything. Oh wow. Like anyone who is doing stuff involved in the war has to answer them, except for obviously Archie's like, it's the war room. It's the war room, right? Yeah. It's
3: like Yeah, they've got the big table in the middle and they've got all the units that they're moving around. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And the like, for example, Zariel doesn't have to if
3: she's still evil
1: in your campaign, depending on if you played uh Descent yeah. to Avernus. Where are you in yeah, the in the yeah. lore timeline? Yeah. But she doesn't have to answer to them, but she does have to work directly with them. And like I would say, like, yeah, she outranks them, but like when it comes to actually like uh, authority over the war, she's probably equal with them. Has a, a equal say in yeah. how to move troops and stuff. That's how I interpret the situation. Obviously, you can interpret it as however you will. It's probably a, a push and pull situation, mm-hmm. like with with
0: like you're saying, with specifically relating to the war, probably equal playing field. But in terms of what happens in this layer. Oh, yeah, no, Avernus is hers. A tiebreaker, you know, like she probably
1: goes to her. Right, right. So originally the Dark Eight had nine members, but after the death of their founder, Cantrum, the remaining eight renamed the council rather than attempting to find a substitute for their irreplaceable leader. Now that, this dude must have been a badass because they, like, he was irreplaceable.
0: How badass can he be? He's dead.
1: (laughs) That's fair, actually. I I didn't look up what killed him. Cantrum... Yeah, see if you can find anything. <laughs> but I cool. just, uh, you know... No, it- I, don't,
3: I don't want Centrum. I want Cantrum.
1: Okay. <laughs> so the thing is, uh, that they do replace their other members, but they didn't replace him. And, and, an assassin. Uh, uh, you know, an assassin could get anyone. <laughs> including a pit fiend. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Like a really good assassin.
0: Just a really good assassin. It doesn't say who. Interesting. Oh, we'll have to... Well, I'm. hey, if you guys know... Leave In the a comment because yeah. I'd like to know more about Cantrum and we don't we don't particularly this episode isn't about him him specifically yeah. so
1: so contrary to what one might expect their structure is the dark age structure is democratic rather than hierarchical where one member's actions can be voted on by the remaining seven. The fitting uh, beings of law, the members of uh, the Dark Gate, are excellent in regards to teamwork, cooperating to accomplish their grand plans, and for the continued prosperity of devilkind. At the same time, the pit fiends of the council are still ambitious devils that view one another as rivals. More often than not, uh, council members are left to their own devices, engaging in treacherous intrigues and political power plays to achieve their nebulous aims. Keeping the Dark Eight focused on their duties is Asmodeus, sometimes directly and other times via the Archdevils. Unlike the Infernal Nobility, above them the Dark Eight are generals, and each member is responsible for managing one aspect of the Blood War according to their personal judgment.
0: This is uh, okay, so there were nine of them now. now there's there's eight, eight of them, so they the want to kill Spider Man and they want to win the Blood War. Yes, I can imagine top that two, priorities. all kind of looking like you know, one looks like Doc Ock. But <laughs> it's possible. Looks, I mean, it's possible. Like <laughs> uh, I had a question about about something I read earlier. Willem Dafoe would
3: make a great pitch. I think, oh, yeah, he would be <laughs> yeah. great,
0: he'd be fantastic, like thick Willem Dafoe. <laughs> with his crazy eyes and his face you know yeah i mean just the
1: voice the voice delivery would be great
0: (laughs) there's a there's an account on instagram i don't know if it's also on tiktok but it's the same the same post every single day Mm -hmm. where uh somebody rolls in from the kitchen to the living room on a um what's that thing with Segway uh without the handle what are those called oh hoverboards yeah, the the you know with the wheels, the hoverboards. Yeah. One wheel. Yeah, they 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 roll they, yeah, they roll in on the hoverboard and they say, uh, "God speed, Spider Man!" And they they throw something on the ground and then it cuts to an explosion. It's just that every single day, I think about it a lot.
1: <laughs> okay. Really? <We're, we're, laughs> uh,
0: I couldn't think of the thing I wanted to say, so, so I said that instead. That. Okay, yeah, gotcha. to fill the void.
1: So, <laughs> the historians of hell are often baffled by the Dark Eight's apparent immortality. As even after eons of conflict, every member outside of Cantrum himself remains in power. This is despite the fact that the Dark Eight do fight personally in battlefields of the Blood War while still having to contend with the regular assassination attempts and internal conflicts of hell. While it would appear that they managed to maintain their longevity through guile and cunning rather than magical powers, the very idea that the original Dark Eight remains in power is a devilish deception. In order to create the illusion of an invincible authority, members of the Dark Eight are swiftly replaced by a physically altered pit fiend... <clears throat> Um, formally under their command whenever one can no longer fulfill their duties. Combined with the loyalty of and threats of execution to those under their command, the secret of the Dark Gate
3: has been kept for eons. That is haunting. Yes. So... Yeah, it's it said in the Cantrum assassination bit that he was the only one they admitted publicly had been assassinated, mm. so that tracks, yeah, right? Like, yeah. he's the only one who, who died. The rest of us, we're still the same. We're still fighting. Right, yeah. and
1: that ties into what you said or asked me at the beginning of the episode where, like, do they all look distinct? They do. That's why they have to grab a Fit Fiend and, like, transmogrify him to look just like Jerry. Oh, God. <laughs> and then he has to be Jerry. Now you're Jerry. You're like, Jerry You have now. to be Jerry now. Get ready, buddy. He's got a deep fake. Yeah, I, yeah. exactly, yes absolutely right yeah i
0: love how um like plastic surgery and dungeons and dragons is just a, a one magic spell away from being <laughs> yeah, reality really for you really i remembered is. what i wanted to say okay because they through. all vote on their on like if seven of them want one of them to do something they can all just vote on it and then they got to
1: do it pretty much i i don't know if they have maybe maybe it's, it's more along the lines maybe. of like was was so and so in the right here or were they in the wrong? If, they, if they're voting in the wrong, they can have him punished.
0: Oh, okay. I was thinking like, hey, I saw Jeff walk in here. His legs were kind of stiff, and you don't make good decisions when you have to poop, Jeff. So maybe you should go to the bathroom. He's like, no, I'm good. We got to get through this Everyone war take meeting. a vote on Jeff if he Jeff, needs to go to the bathroom. On. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Now go to the bathroom right now,
1: Jeff. You're outvoted. <laughs> All right. It's short rest time. <laughs> okay. We're making poop jokes. <laughs>
0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash DungeonCast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash DungeonCast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash DungeonCast.
2: Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it Ah. eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.
0: We've returned. Indeed we have. We're fucking back. (laughs) Indeed we are. (laughs) With an excellent guest. Indeed. Derek Saunders of How Not to DM. Derek, the floor is yours. Please tell us about uh, what it is that you do.
3: Thank you. Yes. So uh, I run a show called How Not to DM, like Brian said. It is an interview podcast where I bring a new guest on each week from the TTRPG community. Um, They come from various different backgrounds. They do various different things. And so we talk for the first half of the show usually about running games, about some of the advice they've got. Um, It's called How Not to DM because I love asking about the mistakes they feel like they've made and Mm -hmm. lessons that people can learn from them about running games. And yeah, I I love asking that question because when I started getting into running games, the first thing I did was go scour YouTube, you know, and, and look for places to find information. And I found that the best way to learn was like, listen to people running games and pick up on stuff they do. Right. You know, notice stuff that they say, oh, I screwed up on this. And, and you know, that's, that's really how I learned to run the game myself. And so Yeah, that's why I love asking other people about the mistakes and the lessons they've learned because I feel like it makes me a better DM and then it makes everybody else who listens better as well. Then the second half of the show, we talk about their projects, their work, whatever it is. You know, I've had game designers on, I've had podcasters on, uh, people who make dice, people who are judges on, you know, the Any Awards and anything in between. So a big variety of guests um, and it's different and interesting every time. So yeah, that's that's what my show is. Uh, It's weekly on Wednesdays. You can find all my information probably in the links uh, for this episode. So I'll send that over to yeah, you, thanks, two. And then, down, uh, right. yeah, if, if you want, you can go to linktree.com slash HN, the number two DM. So that's five characters. And you'll find all my links there. <sighs> awesome. <me. clears throat>
0: uh, do you have a favorite, uh, uh, fa- favorite
3: th- interview you've done? Uh, that's such a tough question. Um, <laughs> it's loaded for I've sure. Got, yeah. I've got a lot of favorites. I'm bad at favorites. Uh, you can ask anybody who knows me well. Like I've got a favorite color and then favorite sports team for like each of the sports, or I guess each of the leagues within the sports. Who's your baseball
1: team? Let's get this out of the uh, way now.
3: I, I grew up in Colorado, so it's the Rockies. Like I don't, I'm you know, sorry. I don't ride or die, <laughs> but if I'm going to watch, it'll be the Rockies. I yeah, like the Rockies. I the, uh, the World Series when I was in high school, yeah. so that was fun. But, like, the Rockies deserve
1: better. Since. They deserve better than what they've got. You guys deserve better than what you yeah. got. That's all I'll say. It's
3: okay. We give a re- lot of good players to other teams. So, yeah, gosh, it yeah, is it's, what it it's is. mind-boggling. You guys but are anyways. riding
0: a Stanley Cup uh, championship over there this yes. season. So that that's cool. that is good
3: though. Grew <laughs> up watching the ABS too. Love the Avs. Yeah, love the they're, Broncos. They're fun to even watch. though I hate the Broncos right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so so that's that's a little bit about my show. It's been a ton of fun. I've been doing it for almost two years now. Uh, do you know when this episode is coming out? Just as a side note. I want uh, to, next week uh, from, do this from next today. Oh, we're
0: recording on the second. So um, what's like the ninth or something like that?
1: Something like that. Uh, do you have okay. a preference for it coming out a little later? No, no, no. Okay. I,
3: it's just a quick turnaround. Yeah. You know, props for for that. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, another thing that's happening is uh, at least by this episode release or, or maybe a week or two after I'm going to be selling um a game that i put on kickstarter oh cool uh it's called two hot one shot i don't know if you two are, are big hot sauce or hot ones fans i definitely um, know about maybe. it <laughs> yeah, i know about it as well i've had yeah. the sauces my friend and i you do excellent i do too uh well i don't own them I but I, i've a, tasted them oh you've had them okay yes yeah 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 my, my buddy and i wrote a, uh rules to add to your 5e game where you like eat ten spicy wings as you're playing, ah, um, and, I like it, and it, it, it makes it super fun. So cool. and it's really good content too. So if, if you're out there listening and you like making content, uh, you know you should check it out. But yeah, it's called Too Hot One Shot. There's a one shot that we wrote, and also just the basic rules that you can buy and uh, get your hot sauce fix in while you're playing D and D with your buddies. Um, and you could use it for other TTRPGs too. Anything that you roll in dice to to succeed. <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, that that should be uh, for sale on itch and uh, drive through at least probably by the time this comes out, if not maybe a few days after. So I'll hit you guys up with those links too. Cool, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah thanks, man. Lastly, oh yeah, and I'll, I'll send you guys a copy. You you, you can check it out. Um, but cool. lastly, uh, I am doing Dungeon Twenty Three. I don't know if either of you have heard of it. Mm. Um, for this year okay mm. so dungeon 23 um i'm gonna slaughter the guy's name so I i'm not gonna pretend like i remember who it is but I, some guy said hey in 2023 i'm gonna make a new room for a mega dungeon every day and so i'm doing it too you can check out the hashtag dungeon 23 oh. a lot of other people are doing it but yeah i've got some graph paper by my bed and every night i'm just like drawing a new room deciding what's in it and uh, mm. making dungeons from it for for some inspiration so nice yeah that's, so it was that's 364
1: fun room in. dungeon that's pretty badass yeah, that's i like freaking that freaking
3: cool
0: yeah, I'm looking, yeah i looked it up I'm, I'm seeing uh what's available to see on google for this project so i'm definitely gonna look into that later that's cool awesome beans.
3: yeah there's a there's a, a link to the guy's blog and he's got a ton of resources to I'll, I'll send you guys that later but um and you can throw it in the notes if you want but uh he's got like resources on traps and you know, ways to, to find inspiration for new rooms and that kind of thing to get you started if you're interested. Uh, I'm going to do uh 13 little dungeons based on the moon cycles and, like, do a different theme for each one so I don't get bored. You yeah, know, I'm probably going to do, like, a spaceship one and a castle and this and that and just keep it fresh. But, yeah, that's that's something else fun I'm working on. Nothing, like... That's making me money or anything, but just for fun. Yeah, that's, man, awesome. that's that,
0: awesome. That sounds like a ton of fun. The, mm-hmm. the hot sauce thing yeah. sounds
3: hilarious. Yeah,
0: the, I love it. The dungeon it thing is super creative. It's so much fun. Really, really mm-hmm. cool. Um, well, thanks, Derek. This is going to be a thick notes section, and I think it's going to be yes. rich down there. So <laughs> don't forget to go check
1: that stuff out, everybody. Are we I ready? Too much stuff. To get back yeah. to Pit Fiends. I
0: think so.
3: All right, let's oh, do many. it. So
1: Brian's going to read the stat block, and we're going to comment on it. Did we have a question about the, the chill?
0: Oh, the yeah. The devil chill. I think we can Derek t- talk
3: it. about that at the bite. Yeah, okay. We'll get it. Get That's, the bite. We'll you know like what? That. That's good. That's All good. Right.
0: I like that. So uh, Pit Fiends, they're large devils. They're lawful evil, and they love those little places underneath where your skin folds. Absolutely can't get enough of them. <laughs> Uh, armor class is 19 natural armor. Their hit points are 300. That's 24 D10 plus 168. Real chonky. The thickest will of Defoe you can think of. <laughs> Speed is 30 feet. They can fly at 60 feet. And last wow. year's thumbnail art is a picture of it. No, fiend. it's a Baller. It's a Baller. Sorry. <laughs> I keep forgetting. They, they look pretty similar.
1: There is a lot of similarity in their look. Yeah.
0: Well, um, we haven't covered the Baller Kind we of will. quintessential
3: devil look. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, they kind of do, like uh, the monster version. I mean, like, when you when you say quintessential mm-hmm. devil look, I think a lot of people think of, like, a hoofed creature with fur. Um, but for, D- and, for D&D specifically, yes, this. This is it. Yeah. Um, their strength is 26. That's plus 8. I'm just doing the pluses now. God, old ways. Strength is plus 8. Dex is plus 2. Con is plus 7. Intelligence, plus 6. Wisdom, plus 4. And Charisma, plus 7. Ah man, that's bulky. It's a bulky stuff. Yeah,
1: no, they're big. This is endgame
0: boss shit. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Uh, Saving throws, dex plus eight, con plus 13, wisdom plus 10. Their damage resistances are cold, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks that are not silvered, damage immunities, fire, and... Poison. Poison. Condition immunities. Poison. Yep. Yeah, we're on it now. Uh, The senses are true sight of 120 feet passive perception is 14 languages infernal low and
3: passive perception
0: yeah is it uh i can't
3: no, i mean f- it, recall off the like, top of my based head on their other stats ones. it's right yeah based on their stats it's right but like it just seems low to low be. for such a know. like it's true semi creature true sight, yeah 120 feet I don't so know. you can sneak up on these
0: bad boys. That's how they get assassinated is their low passive? <laughs> <laughs> That's passives. how they got Candrum, <laughs> damn it.
3: That's hilarious. <laughs> you're, so right, you're right. You're right.
0: <laughs> they're speaking Infernal and Telepathy. Their challenge rating is a robust 20. That's 25,000 experience points with a proficiency bonus of plus six. Will, how does that
1: challenge rating feel to you? Uh, the challenge rating 20? Sorry, space down yeah. what? Challenge. How does challenging twenty? Sit uh, with you I here? think this—that's—it feels about right for for this deblock.
0: Derek, are you? Are, is that something in your wheelhouse? Are you? Does that feel good? Twenty.
3: Uh, my party of level elevens would have difficulty with it. Um, my another game I play in where we're level like fourteen and we have a bunch of crazy broken items, we could probably handle it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. I about think right. it depends on on what your party's got. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. They've got a fear aura. Any creature hostile to the pit fiend that starts its turn within 20 feet of the pit fiend must make a DC 21 wisdom saving throw unless the pit fiend is incapacitated. On a failed save, the creature is frightened until the start of its next turn. If a creature's saving throw is successful, the creature is immune to the pit fiend's fear aura for the next 24 hours. Classic fear rules. Uh very cool. Yeah. So I if didn't it's know sleeping, fear was the
3: start of your turn, so, you make the saving throw at the start of your turn, and if you make it, you get a turn. That's, That's true. Yeah. It's not like a. That is like interesting. A, another effect where you roll. Most effects you, you save, roll at the end, yeah.
0: Yeah, like you are right, afraid, right. and now you, you get that six seconds to right. fight it off. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, magic resistance. The Pit Fiend has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pit, uh, magic weapons, Pit Fiend's weapons, are magical. Innate spellcasting. The Pit Fiend's spellcasting ability is Charisma. Spell save DC is 21, which is fairly high. The Pit Fiend can innately cast the following spells, requiring no material components at will, detect magic and fireball tracks, and then three times a day, they can hold monster and cast Wall of Fire. All four of those are fairly good spells. Yeah,
1: they're good spells. I do wish they were, they added a couple. I mean, this is this is a high level monster, like a hyper intelligent yeah. monster. Can we give it
3: just a couple more spells? I think it tracks with the lore. I feel like hold person would be more. Well, right, I guess yeah. hold person would be good against adventurers, but it says it doesn't deal with adventurers that much, right? So I'd
0: imagine yeah, not. I'd imagine more like they wanna They're dealing with demons. So, yeah. Well, hold whole monster, old monster works
1: on people, too, because it, it's just oh, choose the creature. Creatures, yeah. yeah. We're, um, people are right.
0: creatures. We're, we're all yeah, animals. We're all animals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah.
0: Uh Okay, so what spells would you guys add on for oh. a pit fiend that did its push-ups and ate its vegetables and drank its juice?
1: I mean, it should have command. That's a low-level spell, but let me just look up the wizard spell list but command was the first one to come to mind yeah like mind. I,
0: i'm thinking not really much enchantment stuff more like or maybe not even illusion stuff
1: more evocation mm. evocation and uh and maybe I no, I think there's going to be some enchantment because a lot of the mind control stuff is enchantment. The charisma is very high, and
0: that so, is the spell save. So I'm just pulling up a seventh level. spell I might give it something
3: here. to make its weapon magical, perhaps. Yeah, or, yeah. you know, something like power that. word pain. Uh,
0: I think it should have power word pain. It does have magic weapons, so
1: the uh, any weapon it has becomes magical. Um, power word pain and symbol of symbol and maybe symbol of pain and symbol of fear and symbol of death.
0: Do some teleport stuff, yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe,
1: but um, but you know what? We're DMs. We can we can totally just do that whenever we want. Yeah. So, um, might give or, it bane. Yeah, give it, it bane. It, give it, it but that command. Feels like
3: something you would it would do. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: well, would even see. I would go as far as making bane a thing that they could do without burning their sta- their their action. Like they can use bane like a as what, action Or something. Yeah, in place yeah. of one of their four attacks. Mm. Yeah. Or legendary action. That's actually probably better.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I could see one of these having legendary actions built in. Yeah, the fact that this one doesn't
1: is strange to me. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, it is. So actions, we've got the multi-attack. The pit fiend makes four attacks, one with its bite, one with its claw, and one with its mace, and one with its tail. Shit. (laughs) Okay, so the bite, it's a melee weapon attack with plus 14 to hit. It's going to reach 5 feet on one target. It's going to hit for 22 or 46 plus 8 piercing damage. The target must also succeed on a DC 21 constitution saving throw or become poisoned. While poisoned in this way, the target can't regain hit points and takes 21 or Oof. 66 poison damage at the start of each of its turns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The poison target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself on a success.
3: That's tough. The the can't be healed thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I think
0: there's a lot of character like, what dwarves can't get
1: poisoned. Like, at, uh, they have advantage on poison saves. I believe. Okay, yeah. but th- isn't
3: there? Yeah. Then uh...
1: no, Go ahead, Derek.
3: Well, I think I was just gonna say I think they might be resistant to poison as well, dwarves, but I'm not sure. Green dragonborns will. Um... Right.
1: So I know you guys want to talk about the bite. Um... You want to talk about Devil Chills specifically because it's not here. Um, So I I pulled up the Monstrous Manual, and so it looks like this goes all the way back to 4th edition. So when uh, the the Pit Fiend bites, not only is it all the poison stuff, but also you become diseased with Devil Chills. Um, Now, this disease, what it does, its effect is uh, it has an onset of 1d4 days, and it uh, decreases your strength score by 1d4 every day that you, that you have it until you you save off oh. of it and that's why it's not in fifth edition fifth edition has moved very far away from fucking with ability scores yeah the debilitation of, of yeah. that. It's, it's it's which i mean i think it's a cool tool to have being able to to attack your your players in a different way but for whatever reason 5e has moved away from that um
0: yeah I, I feel like it's more in the hands of the dm yeah and anything to do things like that
1: you have to like take some control instead of having a creature sort of randomly pop it off mm-hmm. on you and then they've but they have replaced it so it's not just uh taken away they've replaced it with that inability to heal
0: so that's true Yeah, that's yeah. True. so maybe that's the new devil Which chills is something <laughs> on on that note um as a dm that has run encounters or like whole entire adventures where my players are poisoned it makes combat so long because everyone <laughs> a disadvantage, is constantly right? yeah. Everyone's missing. missing yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's oh. just like a slog. Um, so in like really up tempo, like uh, like adventures, don't do that. I would feel like right as a how right. not to DM special for you, Derek. It's like that's what I <laughs> hey, wouldn't do. I'll is- take it. Yeah, I, I, I would be careful when you poison your players because maybe it is you want this Pit Fiend fight to go for a long time and poisoning people with this bite might be a pretty cool thing to do in it. Right. Um, give you that extra level of urgency. So next we have the Claw. Melee weapon attack is a plus 14 to hit with a reach of 10 feet on one target. I like the reach of 10 feet stuff. I think it makes sense yeah. for gi- these giant creatures. Yeah, um, if anything,
1: I almost think that they should have a longer reach. Because they're they're fucking huge.
0: Yeah, like maybe maybe, they <laughs> maybe will with the, ta- the tail yeah. should have fifteen. Yeah, maybe. Um, the hit the claw hit is gonna do seventeen. That's two d eight plus eight slashing damage. Um, next they have the mace melee weapon attack plus fourteen hit, also a reach of ten feet. So that's like bugbear status with the long arms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna hit one target for fifteen or two d six plus eight bludgeoning damage plus 21, 66 fire damage. That's a cool mace. It's uh, very cool explodes mace. Explodes, people. <laughs> uh, and then the tail attack is a melee weapon attack with plus 14 to hit, reach of 10 feet. One target hits for 24 chonky damage. That's 3d10 plus 8 bludgeoning. Wow.
1: Yeah, these guys dish out a ton of damage in a single round if all four of their uh, attacks connect. Yeah. And with a plus 14, most of these attacks are probably going to connect because even in endgame, most, most characters, the highest AC you're going to see is 22, maybe 23 okay you know maybe a blade singer can get up to 25 yeah um but yeah th- these plus 14s most of them are gonna hit
0: they're I probably think. landing some yeah. attacks yeah this bite is very serious actually it's it's a it's 99 total damage Ooh. on those averages yeah. oh man so you could rock you could yeah. absolutely rumble one one player
1: pretty oh bad. yeah for sure and then pit fiends by their very nature like the lore dictates that you're not pretty much never gonna just fight a Pit fiend without anybody else. Like they're gonna yeah, have, they have their minions. bodyguards. They're gonna have their minions.
0: Yeah. yeah. So um, for sure, with this multi attack, you're gonna be using. You can't stack these attacks, right? Like you can't opt to bite twice and no, no, do a tail cannot. like a tail two tail attacks and two bites. I have to do one of each, right? Yes, you have to do one of each. You could, but I mean, you as a DM,
1: written. you could, but that's not how <laughs> you yeah. should play out.
0: Right? Yeah, the I'm the just rules. gonna bite you four times. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Is like why, uh, why not? but it kind of makes sense that it's going to be swing one arm swing another arm it the bite on this just getting i like the bite attack it it yeah with the picture next to it it's
1: the crown jewel of the attacks
0: yeah it <laughs> this teeth are massive you know like it should be meaningful
3: yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> i might do a, another bite but just not do poison like the poison has to come back into the fangs so one uh, bite ah. you have to make the con save and then in another bite you don't something like yeah, that's that. cool could, yeah, yeah I, I think that's it's nice
0: that's for flavor thinking, yeah. to sort
3: of mix it up a little
0: bit mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I, I do mm-hmm. have a summoner variant pit fiend that i pulled up which i thought was cool with the Ooh. ice devil yeah it's
1: essentially going to be the same stats with the ability to summon other dudes exactly so
0: the su- summon devil once per day the devil chooses what to summon and attempt a magical summoning a pit fiend summons 2d4 bearded devils 1d4 barbed devils or one Aranese with no chance of failure, so it could just do the Aranese. Hmm. Or, or it will get these. I
1: like the idea of doing this uh, with with the the pit fiends that are descendant of Ismody's blood, because then I just picture one like cutting their hand and letting the blood drip onto the sand, and then it sprouts more, and that's how they summon them.
0: It's stab, very cinematic.
3: Stab, stab yeah, their yeah, arm exactly. Pit. Yeah, <laughs> why no? <laughs> that's, that's a pit a... fiend. Pit pit fiend. <laughs> a pity fiend. Oh my gosh. It took me too long to get that when you did that at the beginning of the set block. I was like, well, what is he talking about? Oh, right, right. Do you guys have <laughs> anything to
1: add to to, to uh, fiends? I like the
3: 10 feet. I like the bite claw, or the, the claw mace and tail is at 10 foot, right? So anytime anyone comes into melee with you, you take a step back, you're still within 10 feet of all of them, and they don't get an opportunity attack against you, but they have to like move up again i don't know mm-hmm. there's some tactical things you could do with it which are oh, interesting yeah, definitely yeah reach of 10 feet is
0: cool i think reach of 15 with the tail would be you know that would surprise some players yeah, the tail is quite long isn't it yeah it looks it looks chonky yeah, it's yeah. Like a big nasty
3: snake so I,
1: I think the only thing i have is like i, I think this like I, all the i have little tweaks here and there that i i would do that's like an opinion but i think on a more objective point of view. Um, this thing needs legendary actions. It's a creature that should have them. I think it's oversight that it doesn't have them.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, well, it's not a, technically a legendary creature, right? It's like a, the best foot soldier.
1: I mean, but dragons are legendary creatures, and there there's multiples of them.
0: Yeah, I think they're they're more unique than a pit fiend, though. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Harder to make.
1: What, a red dragon, ancient I mean, red dragon? Pit
0: fiends seem easier to make than a red dragon for sure <laughs> okay all right i mean as most bleeds them out so i suppose yeah well maybe they don't have legendary maybe they're power capped like they sh- these creatures should have legendary actions but that would make them too powerful and hmm. like if they banded together in hell they could okay. do some major damage with those extra that extra action economies what keeps them in check <laughs> okay for And sure. their loyalty <laughs> the, sure. the
3: arch devils are like no no the, no you don't no get legendary not actions. allowed <laughs> that's too funny it's, it's in the rules all right, <laughs> yeah. Adult ancient black dragons get them, but but anyway, yeah. That's the thing. No, if it only dragon. ancient
1: dragons got them, I would be like, okay. But adult adult dragons do get them too. So,
3: but eh, yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah, the I'd bottom probably line is some if it's here. an end, end game kind of thing, right? Yeah, fun.
1: yeah. Okay, yeah. If your pit fiend is your BBEG, then yeah, I'll give them legendary actions. They need it.
0: What's the <laughs> level below legendary yeah. in your mythos? You know, and like <laughs> um.
1: I don't know. Rare, uh, notable. Yeah, (laughs) it's a notable creature.
0: creature. Notable. (laughs) Hell, hell's hero actions. Hell's hero. Oh boy. All right, guys. I'll
3: bet you named pit fiends might have them. Like Cantrum, probably would. Right? He's a named pit fiend. He's got. They're like, we can't copy him. He's legendary legendary.
0: actions. (laughs) They let Cantrum go to the gym. He's so strong. He can attack when it's not his turn. <laughs> That's
1: hilarious. <laughs> All right guys. I think we can call it a game there.
0: Well actually let's no. let uh let's let uh, Derek oh, plug one last right. time. Derek give it to the guest. Um so Derek, where can we find yes, your, am. where can we find your stuff?
3: Yeah, I am Derek. I'm the host of the How Not to DM podcast. You can find it on any podcatcher. Uh, I also post them on YouTube. It's audio only, so there's nothing fun to watch, but you can put it in the background and listen while you're doing something else. Uh, you can find all of my episodes, like I said, on any podcatcher. You can also find my links for my socials uh, on uh, my Linktree, which is linktree.com HN, the number two DM. And uh, I'm getting close to the end of my third season. It'll be ending in March here. So um, there's two seasons, uh, two full seasons ready to binge. The third season you can jump in whenever. Uh, Also, if you have come to listen to this because you listen to my podcast and you haven't heard of the Dungeon Cast yet, please go check it out. Uh, You can listen to them in any order, just like my show. There's no continuity necessary because Mm. they're talking about different topics each time. So you're doing some game prep. You want to learn some more lore or whatever. Yeah, go check out the Dungeon Cast. Oh, thanks, thanks for that, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. And and thanks for
0: anybody that's from How Not to DM for, for sticking around and mm-hmm. listening. Um uh Derek's right. We don't necessarily we have a light continuity on the show, so there is it is right. rewarding to listen to it in order, I guess, but you really don't need to do that. Yeah. Um you just need to know who Dean McGorgon
1: is. Yeah, that's it. That's it.
0: Um With that. that we like him. Shout out to D, D. McGorgon. <laughs> uh so that that's a good way to to like, okay, this is the true end
1: of of Year of the Fiend. Well, no, we got one more. We have to do Balor still.
0: Oh shit, that's right. The when one I'll we'll do thinking it, at, only that I know we're talking about. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we do have one more. Uh but all the all the demon episodes are done, huh? Like that's
1: pretty much it. Um, unless like well, okay, so there's there's plenty of other demon lords, but we don't really have stat blocks for a lot of them. Right. I yeah. don't like to cover them if we don't have a stat block but that doesn't mean we won't because they're not official five E. no it's just like i like having some some something more to sink my teeth into besides just the lore oh it makes it more playable like in yeah relatable. exactly yeah. okay you can act on it as a as a player without having to go fish something homebrew or homebrew something uh yourself up that's so, true yeah.
0: okay well all right No long rest on this one, so we are going to truly call a game. Thanks a lot for coming on, Derek. We really appreciate it. It It's fun.
3: Thank you, Will and Brian. It's been a pleasure. Love your show. Uh, Thanks, man. I've listened to a lot of the episodes, and they're super useful for my own game prep. So, yeah, it's been awesome to be on. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on.
1: All right. We'll call it a game. Talk to you guys later.